Can the Cowboys challenge the Saints in the NFC showdown on Thursday night? Can the Packers pull together some type of an offense and try to make the playoff race interesting? These are just some of the questions on my mind. But the question that's on everybody's mind this week is, is my fantasy team going to make the playoffs? Well, if you're listening to Ruts, you're off to a good start. Let's get you to the offs and run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott <laughs> hey, Don. and Tom. Hey, everybody. I sprung the opening on them. That's why they're laughing through it, and that's yes. fine. Um, keeping we laughed through a lot toes. of things yes. from you, Don. How are you guys preparing for the new album from the 1975? I told you the same way I always prepare. Yeah. I go into work. On Friday, because that's when everybody releases their albums, Friday morning, first thing I do, search them in Spotify, click on the album, go to the first one. Got to listen to it all the way through. I think that's what a lot of people don't do, and that annoys me. You listen to the album all the way through one time at least, Yeah. and then you make your your judgment on it. Sounds good. Tom, (laughs) no comment? No comment from the peanut gallery. All right. There was supposed to be a Kanye album out last week. Tom only listens to SoundCloud albums, so there's just a whole different, you know... There's a whole different repertoire and procedure for those. They are not SoundCloud rappers. Uh, Regardless of what you're doing to listen to... They do like Lil Peep. They do. Uh, Regardless of what you're doing and what you're listening to in the office uh, Thursday and Friday, it's a big week. You better be listening to us. You're listening to us right now. You can't hear this if you're not listening to us right now. But uh, it's a huge week. (laughs) The The holiest of fantasy weeks before the holiest of fantasy weeks. It's week 13. You got to get in the playoffs, and we're here to help. Yeah. And first, we're ripping the band-aid off, and we're shutting some folks down. Shut it down! A week of very intriguing matchups. I'm actually going to start with quarterback because mine is the first game of the week. It's Dak Prescott against the New Orleans Saints. Listen, the Saints matchup, it seems like it's really, really good. But it's not right now. They're getting stronger. On they defense. shut down. They shut down Andy Dalton, Matt Ryan, and Carson Wentz in pre, in consecutive weeks, three straight weeks. I don't care that Dallas is at home because they went to Cincinnati and did that to Andy Dalton. Like it's, I'm really scared of any quarterback playing the Saints defense right now until further notice, and especially Dak Prescott with the limited weapons that he does have. Yes, we've seen an Amari Cooper resurgence, but guess what? That resurgence just means he's getting Marshawn Lattimore all night. Long. I'm yeah. scared of it. I'm scared for Dak. I think this could end up being a big Zeke game where they rely on the run game to try and keep them in it. I don't even think the Cowboys can stay in it. I think this game is going to be a blowout. It's tough to look at any Saints game and think it's not going to be a blowout at this point yeah. because they've just been playing so well. So why would you play the quarterback against a team that's been playing that well? And especially Dak, you know, he hasn't had a 300-yard game all season and he hasn't had more than two passing touchdowns all year. So He's never going to like blow the top off and get that 20-point performance unless he has a big rushing day. Right. And the Saints have actually been like really good at bottling up the run as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's not going to be able to sustain like that many rushing touchdowns as he's been putting together. Obviously, you know, every game is an independent event, but you can't look at it as like, oh yeah, he had so many rushing touchdowns in a row, so he's guaranteed to get one again. Um, more often than not, he's not going to get one. Rushing right. so touchdowns. Are I the think most this is a candidate. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Tom. Yeah, I just think this is a candidate of a team where it's it's harder to pull that off yeah. than some of the other teams that he had been facing. Rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks are the most fickle fantasy football stat that you can chase. And so you can't really chase him. I you mean, just got to get a guy who's going to get more than others. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so, but you know, with a guy like Dak, I think if you're gonna chase him, you know, Dak's kind of the guy to pick. Yeah. Uh, because he's the one that's readily available off the waiver more often than not. But this week, you can find somebody else off the waiver right. for sure. All right, uh, Tom, we'll go to you because if I'm reading the doc correctly, you're shutting somebody down for the rest of the season. Yeah, I have Matthew Stafford versus ROS instead of, you know, a normal team abbreviation. Look, he's playing the Los Angeles Rams, which on paper is not a terrible matchup. But, you know, Marvin Jones goes to IR. We've got one good receiver in this game with Galladay. I'd love to say Bruce Ellington is great, and I do all the time. But (laughs) this is like his third week with the team. There's no carry on Johnson. 
It's going to be a tough sledding uh, day for them. Maybe he'll show up in garbage time, but he's been really bad in games where he could have been really good, at least through garbage time. Rest of season, though, it doesn't get any better, guys. Not even close. He's going to play Arizona, who's 29th against the quarterback, mm. Buffalo, who's actually best against the quarterback, and both of those games are on the road. And then he finishes in Week 16 versus Minnesota. Um, maybe Xavier Rhodes is healthy by then. That's my thought. But right now, just like Scott said, I would go to the waiver wire. I would look for somebody else. I would start playing some matchups down the stretch because yeah. – I don't think Matthew Stafford's going to let you hoist the trophy this year. This is uh, this is that's a fool's game. There are leagues, sadly, there are leagues that I've seen where Lamar Jackson is still available. There are leagues that I've seen where Jameis Winston is still available. I mean, there are guys out there that you can get. It's not yep. desperation station out there for the quarterback position. It's a deep position week in and week out. You just got to find the right matchup. Yeah, he's a, you know he's just out of weapons. And I actually yeah. thought about doing this too, Tom. Uh, I actually thought about shutting him down for the season as well. But I already did that last week with Funches, so I didn't want to just you know be too mean to everybody and just start dishing out season-long hate like that. So I'm happy that you brought light to it because the, he's a guy that we've trusted for years you know, to be able to plug and play. But I don't think this week, and I agree with you, I don't think for the rest of the year there's just some – other high upside quarterbacks out there, yeah. like you said, Lamar Jackson is very available, which we'll get into as we move on. And there's some other good quarterbacks that are available, too. Yeah. Uh, Scott, we'll go with yours now. Yeah, I'm shutting down Tom Brady. This is that swing of the Patriots season where Tom Brady, all of a sudden, he's not a QB one anymore. He's just a game manager who gets the Patriots into that one seed. And that kind of seems like how they're <laughs> jockeying right now. Three touchdowns in his last four games. Um, and they were all teams that are not by any stretch of the imagine, imagination tough against the pass. He had zero against Buffalo, one against the Packers, zero against the Titans, and two against the Jets. Uh, the last time we also checked in on this Vikings defense was when I was warning everyone against playing Mitchell Trubisky. And guess what's happened over the last two weeks since then? Mitchell Trubisky only gets 14.9, <laughs> and then Rodgers drops, you know, if he can't do it, no one can is how our barometer for Rodgers, oh, right? Yeah. He has 11.9 fantasy points standard quarterback scoring against this defense. How can you trust anyone? Stafford had 6.6 a few weeks ago. Breeze had 9.9. Rodgers 11.9, like I said. Yep. Trubisky 14.9. These are like quarterback ones to fringe quarterback one, uh, you know, fringe QB ones doing nothing. Uh, Brady's basically shown that, you know, he's really not throwing. Like you said, he's in that game manager type of mode. I think this game might actually be a little more low scoring than people may think. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm, I'm kind of off Brady this week, weirdly enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, You know, it's a tough matchup. The Vikings defense has been looking a lot better. They're kind of rounding into form. The Vikings are also kind of hitting that desperation mode where they got to string some wins together or they're going to get left behind in the AFC or sorry, the NFC playoff race and couldn't be coming up against a worse matchup with the Patriots also looking like they're getting into their late season run as well. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be a really intriguing game. So intriguing, in fact, Scott, that your shutdown running back is also in this game. Yeah, I'm shutting down Dalvin Cook, too. Uh, the Pats have only allowed seven touchdowns to the running back position this year. That's good for third fewest in the league. Uh, Dalvin Cook was obviously in a clear split last week. You saw Latavius Murray get 11 touches. Dalvin Cook got 13. Yes, he did score a touchdown, which could give you some confidence. But like I said before, this is a tough matchup. Uh, and, you know, Dalvin Cook has been so inconsistent. And, you know, even when he seems fully healthy, I honestly don't think he's been 100% healthy this entire season. So, I don't know. Uh, to me, I would not be, you know, just willing to go ahead and, and play him in a week where I really needed somebody, especially Agreed. with New England getting better and better against the run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think the Minnesota backfield for the time being is going to be difficult to figure out because Latavius Murray was actually running pretty strong uh, in that Packers closed game Closed out well, that game well. And closed out well. So, And one of the things, too, about the Vikings is, like, when they get into these important situations and high-leverage situations – they throw the ball to Diggs and Thielen. Yeah. You know, that's what they do. Right. You saw it late in that game. They threw on third down. Diggs makes a great catch to kind of seal that game for him. But they rely on these guys. You know, yeah. They're willing to throw in situations where many teams might not because they're so good. And I think that hurts <clears throat> Dalvin Cook, especially down in the red zone, on third down in important situations like that. Yeah, and I mean, a wild Kyle Rudolph appeared at the end of the last game, too. He ended up having like six or seven catches as well. So they could be Ugh. working on integrating him into the offense more. It's just not a good time to be a shareholder of that Minnesota backfield. Speaking of not a good time to be a shareholder of a particular backfield, Tom, 
You and I are shutting down both running backs that are going to be toting a rock for Jacksonville this week. You've got Carlos Hyde. I've got TJ Yeldon. Now, it's important for us to note that the Blake Bortles news. Why Yeldon? I'm interested in that. I just, I just. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm I'm uh, I'm curious to hear that as well. I'm not trusting him in Cody Kessler's first start in two years. I think this is going to be a, a blood. This could end up being a real bloodbath for uh, for the Jaguars. And if that happens, I just don't think there's going to be a ton of value to be had in that Jaguars offense. I'm looking elsewhere um, than TJ Yeldon to potentially save my season and get me into the playoffs, just because it's a tough game script situation. And I know he's the passing back, and I understand that. You know he's probably going to be the guy who's on the field for most of the game, but I think it's I think it's quantity does not equal quality in this case for T.J. Yeldon. I'm I'm, a, I'm worried about this game for the Jags. I like T.J. Yeldon kind of, and that's sort of why I want to fade Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde winds up getting ten carries last week, um, a lot more over three times more than T.J. Yeldon. You wonder if that's like just them seeing what they have in the guy, or if that's what they what they plan to do going forward without Leonard Fournette. But my concern is a lot like yours is that they're going to get blown out. And I think TJ Yeldon will be on the field so much more than Carlos Hyde that even if that was the plan, the plan will be derailed, right? So Indy doesn't really scare me particularly bad from the running back position. Uh, But Carlos Hyde, man, just I don't think he'll be on the field enough. I think they love TJ Yeldon in the passing game so much. It's almost like when Carlos Hyde um, played in other systems, even though like he's a very talented pass catching running back, they still don't, he doesn't usually get the third down credit that he deserves. Because he doesn't and look I think the they're part. looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. So they're looking at him as more of a Leonard Fournette fill in. But I think even if Leonard Fournette was in this game, obviously they'd be closer. But um, if they're going to be down, you're going to see a lot of T.J. Yeldon, no matter who is the first and second down back. Agreed. I would prefer Yeldon to hide, but I, I understand where Don's coming from too. I think there's, you know, trusting Cody Kessler. I think is scary. Yeah. So it's a, a scary, scary week to put your trust in either yeah. of these guys. I, I can appreciate that, but I think there's less fear in the path of T.J. Yeldon. Um, and you know, this is one of the holiest of fantasy weeks, as we say. So if if you've got better options, which there are, yeah. I would I would probably stray away, unless it was T.J. Eldon full point PPR. Just in the off chance he catches like eight balls, that's yeah. a day. Yeah, yeah, huge day. All right, I'm actually staying in that game. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is my shutdown wide receiver. We did this the last time they played. Uh, they played Jacksonville. We, Scott, you mentioned it beautifully. Uh, Jalen Ramsey trying out for other teams right now. Yes, yeah, um, he's working I, on he that. He could really p- put together a good resume builder if he's able to shut down T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton did score twice the last time they played the Jags, but he also had four catches on for 25 yards or something like that. Um, so it was not a productive day overall. He just ended up in the right spot in the right time twice, which could that certainly happen. Oh, that was the Bills yeah. that he did that against. He went, I'm like, sorry. he went like four for 75, I think, against the Jags. So oh, okay, nothing, so even you – know, Last time they played yeah. was the tight end um, – not what's the opposite of a catastrophe the tight end you know revolution renaissance yeah basically yeah Yeah. we'll get get to that that was when andrew luck yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but i'm i'm just i'm worried about ty hilton we do this every time he plays a jag so until he proves us wrong and goes for a wide receiver one type week i'm gonna do it yeah i mean i have ty in a couple leagues um i can see why you why you'd keep him out there yeah i think i probably will in one of my leagues just because you know i'm a little scared of sony michelle against the vikings too you know i have some tough matchups so i get it but you know, especially for like a DFS because he's been hot. So I like, uh-huh. you know, we always like shutting down someone who's been hot. Yeah. He had 150 yards and two touchdowns two weeks ago. Had 100, backed it up with 125 yards on seven catches last week. So I agree with you though. Yeah. I think he's going to clunk. And um, like Tom alluded to with the tight ends, I think we'll, I'll get to it a little later on yeah. why I think it'll be a big day for them. Another thing to monitor for the Colts. Jalen Ramsey did not practice though. So something to monitor. If he's out, then, you know, TY becomes a little bit more interesting, of course. Definitely. Something to monitor from the Colts, too. Marlon Mack is still in concussion protocol. Yep. In the weeks that he's been out, Naheem Hines has averaged like seven and a half targets a game, which likely to me takes away some targets from T.Y. Hilton because you know Luck loves those tight ends um, with Jack Doyle. With uh, Sorry, I think Jack Doyle might have got – He's on IR. Is he going to get sent on IR? IR. So he's, but we, we still got uh, Mo Alley-Cox. We still got Swope. And, of course, we've got um, 
the roller coaster that is yes, Eric Ebron. Yes, we will still get to that later. Yes. Can we, we move on, please? Yes. Tom, you're <laughs> shut down wide receiver. Yeah, I'm shutting down Kiki QT. Last week, two targets, two receptions, 100% total right there. But uh, that's not going to get it done for you. Only went for less than 20 yards. Um, it's obvious now that Demarius Thomas is going to be a crucial part of this offense. Uh, the first game out there, he played more snaps percentage-wise than he was averaging in Denver. So he's a crucial piece of their offense now, and he really went out there and proved it. It was really funny when that first touchdown he had, I thought it was uh, Jordan Thomas, the tight end, and I was like, wow, I did not know he could run a route like that. <laughs> and it just so happened. <laughs> he I was like, quick. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, duh, that's Demarius Thomas. Yeah, so I have yeah. to get used to this. Um, so it looks and like weird too his – he's red... wearing a different number. He's wearing 87 exactly. for the Texans, which is confusing to exactly. me as well. Total tight end number, unless you're uh, Eric Decker, Sterling Shepard, our boys. But Eric Decker could have got away with being a tight end. Nevertheless, he could have for sure. Um, Kiki QT looks like he was already getting you know, a smaller target share, sort of like that Will Fuller role. And the injection of another quality, quality wide receiver is going to squeeze him out even more. Cleveland also not a complete joke as we've come to learn. So I don't like this matchup. There are matchups where I would still like Kiki in the future, but this is not one of them. Um, I'm shutting him down. Agreed. Agreed. I'm sticking in the same game, different team. I'm going with Jarvis Landry. And this guy's usage just hasn't been the same since the coaching change. And now Baker's spreading the wealth with the new coach. Um, one thing we knew about Jarvis, you know, when we drafted him in past years is that he's always been a volume receiver. He doesn't really hit these really long plays. Doesn't really score a lot of touchdowns. We've relied on his volume, but in the three games with the new head coach, he's seen 17 targets, which is about five and a half per game. Compared to the 93 he saw in the eight games of Hugh Jackson head coach, 11 and a half targets per game. He's seen it cut in half basically entirely. Last week, I plum picked Jarvis because he was playing the Bengals, a team that allowed the most passing yards in the league. His quarterback throws for 258 yards and four touchdowns. And what does Jarvis get? <laughs> Five targets, three catches, and 30 yards. Ouch. If you can't trust him against the Bengals, who can you trust this man against? Now he plays against the Texans, who have allowed seven touchdowns to the wide receiver position all year, tied with the Jags as the least allowed. So he really has it stacked against him to score a touchdown, which he barely ever does in his career anyway. He's not seeing the target share that he used to. I mean, it's scary times for Jarvis Landry right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's that touchdown performance that he had last year just looks like so much more of an anomaly the more this season rolls along. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with him in Cleveland. I could see him try, maybe wanting out, depending on how the coaching hire goes in that, in that uh, front office uh, this offseason. But, yeah, I mean, tough to trust Jarvis Landry in any structure right now. Totally. And Scott was on this right away in the in the beginning of the year, so kudos to Scott. Yes, agreed. Uh, we'll move on to tight end now, and uh, Scott, why don't we stick with you? Sure. Um, I'm going with Evan Ingram. I like the player, but you know it's just been a really tough year for him. The injury in the early year, I think, really hampered the chance for him to making any progress, and the offense is just completely inept. So, you know, that's been tough on him, too. Uh, since returning from injury in Week 7, he's seen 20 targets in those four games, five a game. But he's turned them into 13 catches, 153 yards, and one touchdown. So in four games, he's averaging three catches for 38 yards, basically. Uh, he's become an afterthought in the offense, and which stinks because they could actually really use him. You know, If you remember yeah. last year, he was awesome. It was basically out of necessity, but he was really something great last year. Um, now we look at uh, that matchup against the Bears, who I think they're just going to rip through this Giants offensive line and eat. Eli for breakfast more on that later they haven't allowed a touchdown to the position since week eight and they haven't allowed more than 76 yards to the position all season so I don't know if it's a lost year for Ingram yet it's getting close to it but yeah. I have zero confidence this week definitely don't start yeah I, I the Bears defense is is one of maybe like three or four defenses right now that I'm just not bothering with in daily fantasy I just don't want to deal with it I'm having I'm having nightmares about what Khalil Mack is going to do about Eli Man, do with Eli Manning this Sunday. Oh I can't God. even imagine what's going through Eli Manning's head. Probably nothing like I always. Mean, Eli's just gonna be like, if I, <laughs> Eli's just gonna be like, well, if I see him within three feet of me, I'm just gonna fall down. That's what he does every play. Yeah. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, he's gonna get decapitated if he doesn't. Uh, but it's gonna way, be a long week for the Giants, I think. Yeah. Either way, I agree with this call. Uh, Tom, you got another. 
promising tight end, a promising young tight end in a really bad matchup this week. So we'll go to you. Yeah, and you can call this sort of a chicken or the egg situation, but Austin Hooper has been really easy to read this year. If you go back, of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but we know which are the good matchups and which are the bad matchups for tight ends a lot of the time. I like to think that I'm pretty good at hammering that down as quickly as it comes. You're but a guy. Austin Hooper has not had a double-digit performance against any team that isn't in the top 12 most points allowed to the tight end position. Hashtag stats. Flex on them, Tom. And I don't even mean top 12. I, I don't know why I'm shortchanging myself. Top 10. So okay. uh, don't expect double-digit points from him this week. That's really all I've got to say. And when you're thinking about that, that means don't expect a touchdown from this guy. There's other guys out there in the tight end position that we think are a better shot of, you know, basically this is the state of tight ends, falling into the end zone, yeah, you know, yes. getting, a, getting a nice target there. Uh, Baltimore's stingy, man, and they always have been. They're actually yep. ranked as, as the 15th most points allowed to the tight end, something that I would actually say um, is a little more deceptive because that's a team that is just overall stingy. The, the Falcons are home. That's their only advantage here. I think I would go elsewhere. I think we've got some uh, interesting ones to toss at you in the plump picks as well. Yeah, we definitely do. Yeah, I, I love this pick, Tom. I'm uh, I'm fully on board with it. I'm going Johnu Smith. Now, you might say this and think, Donald, the last time he played, he had that 61-yard touchdown. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did he do the rest of the game? Do you know? Big old nothing. Tom, do you know? I started him. He so, wasn't targeted. Yeah. For the rest of the game. Ridiculous. <laughs> the Jets, as we know, are good against tight ends unless it's a unique tight end situation like what Eric Ebron was doing for the Colts or right. what Rob Gronkowski, the TE GOAT himself, is doing in New England. Those are the only times I've seen tight ends play well against the Jets. The Titans get the Jets this week. This is simple arithmetic. Jonu Smith is not a guy you can count on this week. Not a cute, not a cute flex play no. in, uh, in season long. I'm definitely not touching him in daily. The matchup's just too tough, uh, not just for Johnny Smith, but for Austin Hooper and for Evan Ingram. Yeah, Johnny will have better days. Easy I think. week to shut down some tight ends this week. Yeah, thank John, God. And Johnny's been, you know, he's been doing well. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think I would be. Uh, I actually rostered him in a couple leagues. I picked him up in my dynasty league too. I was pretty pumped about that because oh, yeah. that touchdown. He really looked awesome on that. He was flying down the field. I didn't know he was that fast. He but, did. Uh, yeah. I agree with you. I think this week is just going to be one of those tough weeks for him and. Like Tom said, we got some guys. You know, you'd we'll, we'll go div digging in the garbage for you to find a better. You'd think they give him the ball more after that, but they didn't. That's the that's the state so, of the tight end. So Tom. here we are. Uh, from there, we will go to our plum picks. I can feel it down in my plums. And Tom, I don't know if you're trying to win me over here, or just going straight <laughs> for my heart. But what a pick you're making here. Yeah, um, and I'm proud to do it. I'm actually very excited to broadcast my love for Colt McCoy. Back-to-back -back weeks we've played at Colt McCoy. <laughs> Last week he goes out, 268, two passing touchdowns, love 28 it. rushing yards. You know, that third category is really going to impress me, but what do we look for in a streamer? 250, two touchdowns. If he can throw some rushing yards in there, you got to love that as well. Only problem is he threw three picks, you know? Mm. So he winds up with a 15-and-a-half-point performance, but – you know, without those picks, you're looking at a 20 spot. And if you play in leagues where it's just minus one, then you're looking at a, you know, 18, whatever, right? Right. Colt McCoy was going against Dallas. That's pretty tough. When yeah. he walked on the field for the first time, he's going against Houston. Pretty tough. This week, he gets Philadelphia, who has more injured defensive backs than I have fingers on one hand. <laughs> they, they, they are beat up. It's a divisional game. It's important. Colt McCoy knows that this is his time to shine. I believe that he can. I don't believe he's scared. He's a professional. He's a good backup. And I honestly think, and in a streaming situation, and I definitely think in DFS, I'll be looking at Colt McCoy this week. I am actually playing him as a Andy Dalton replacement in a redraft league. Love as well. it. Have Absolutely you, love it. Have you done the dive on his price? I'd be interested to see like what his DraftKings price is because I bet it's pretty low. And uh, I, I like it, Tom. I agree. You know. They're, they're, like you said, their defense is just so beat up. I think I would start any quarterback against them. That's the thing. It's like it's not really Colt McCoy as much as I'd love to say it is. It's the Eagles being so depleted. Yeah. 
It's it's truly. I'm getting a price check for, for you right now. Okay, could be uh, someone to target down the road, just picking up the whatever quarterback plays yeah. against them or receivers or something. In the meantime, I'm going after my own heart here. I'm plum picking the Case race. He's back. Hashtag ride the Bronco. Case Keenum going up in a dream matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals on the other side of the coin. Andy Dalton to IR. They're going to start Joel Jeff 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 Driscoll uh, on the other side. That could just mean a ton of opportunity for this Broncos defense that could use a game where they can just go off on a poor defense. That's exactly what the Bengals are. They let up so many passing yards. Lead the league. They can really unleash Phillip Lindsay on this defense in, out of the backfield in the pass game. I think Cortland Sutton could have that rookie breakout that we're all kind of we've all kind of been expecting since the Demarius Thomas trade. This is a no this is a no brainer for Emmanuel Sanders as well. This is a great, great matchup for the Broncos pass attack. I love Case Keenum this week and for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I was angry when you picked him. Oh, yeah. We were in the dock at the same time, and I had some choice words for you because I yeah. really did oh. want to choose him. Uh, but then you let me realize that no one picked Lamar Jackson yet. Yeah. I, I, I didn't pick Lamar Jackson because I figured you would have wanted Lamar Jackson. I mean, I will always pick Lamar Jackson. I'll pick him every week. Because if you didn't pick forever. Lamar Jackson, you if you took Case Race before I did, you better believe I was coming back with Lamar Jackson. You know, so... You know, this is my second straight week plum picking him, but I can't help myself. Forty-four percent owned. He's forty-two percent on Yahoo, forty-nine on ESPN. You guys just not like winning? I don't 42% get it. Forty-two percent on Yahoo, forty-nine on ESPN. That is forty-two percent of people listen to Ruts on Yahoo. He's been uh, quarterback eleven during the brief span that he's been the starter. And do you think that he's performed to his potential in any way? Not at all. We've been talking about it for weeks now. What's amazing about him is that he's accumulated 190 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown during that span, which is good for 25 fantasy points without throwing the ball. <laughs> that is amazing. You get, He gifts you with the, whatever passing stats he gets. And now he plays Atlanta second in the league in passing touchdowns allowed and also tied for second in rushing touchdowns allowed to the quarterback. Here's an interesting stat for you I found about the Falcons that as I was doing my research, it just jumped out at me. The Falcons have allowed 20 fantasy points in standard quarterback scoring to every single quarterback they faced besides the four in the NFC East. Huh. <laughs> what that tells me Hashtag is that the stats. NFC East stinks. <laughs> and lastly, one last time, 42% in Yahoo and 49% in ESPN. Go at him right now and deploy this week. I was talking to Don Pre-Show. This is where passing will meet rushing in pure fantasy bliss for Lamar. This is the week. This is where we get to be in the presence of a fantasy guy. In Atlanta. So he's in the dome on the fast track. It's like almost better for him. Yeah. It's the best It's the best thing that could possibly happen to him. I love Lamar so much. I love him so much. I can't wait to see him against his Falcons defense. It's going to be pure bliss. Uh, we'll move on to... Uh, We'll move on to running backs. Tom, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. I kind of spoiled it for you, so I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. I do have a price for you on Colt McCoy. Awesome. For I draft want to Kings. ask and not have, not have it ready. I'm a, I'm a professional, Don. So yes, Colt are. McCoy, he is 4900 on DraftKings. That's the same price as wow. um, the lowest starters of the week, not counting Nick Mullins or Bethard, whichever one they – tend to go with wow. this time like around this week. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but their price pretty much the same. Those two. So Hines and Wilkins, we've still got Mac and concussion protocol. This is the play right here. If you need a hero, I think in week 13, Hines, he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to be your PPR play. Like it, there's just a, a wealth of passing attempts in this offense. I know we talked about the game script where we think TJ Yeldon is going to see some action because they're going to be behind. Andrew Luck's been throwing the ball at record-setting paces. Just the checkdowns alone to Hines could sustain a great PPR performance. And then if you're in a bind, Wilkins is so unowned, it's crazy. If you are in like a 12-team, 14-team standard, I would actually still think that he's out there. He was in mine. Uh, I picked him up. And if Mac doesn't go, because I have some real running back problems, I think I'm going to look to Jordan Wilkins. And he's been the first and second down plow. He's gotten some red zone and goal line work. And that's not Hines' specialty. So I think that there's enough to go around for both of them to have a perfectly good performance in the absence of Mac. If Mac plays, 
this call goes a little bit more south for Wilkins for sure. But I still think Hines could bail you out in PPR. Agreed. I mean, I think Hines is, I think Hines is a great, great play this week, particularly if, um, if Mac doesn't go and I, yeah. you know, it weirdly enough, this could be a game where the Colts are like, we can sit him down and we're still pretty confident in our, in our matchup. Yeah. That's a little crazy, yeah. but now uh, that the Jags are three and eight and onto their backup quarterback and backup offensive coordinator. Yeah. They're, it seems like they're just in full type of yeah. tank mode, but, uh, I like Hines, you know, he's, he's been so good in the chances that he's yeah. gotten that, uh, you know, I think he honestly deserves like maybe equal to, if not more opportunity than Mac anyway. So maybe yeah. he gets that chance, even with Mac a little banged up. And like you said, maybe they, they take this week to just give Mac a couple touches and have, yeah. and have Hines be the, uh, the showcase. Good point. Uh, Scott, from a couple of young guys to the oldest guy that we mentioned on the show, every episode, regardless Frank Gore always makes his way. Frank Gore finds a way. So, I mean, the Dolphins season is pretty much over, and I was thinking about it, like, why continue to play Kenyon Drake with his shoulder injury, right? He has it, you know, it's a lingering injury. He comes in and out of these games. He has, uh, I'll call it Matt Breida style. Like, he comes in, he just gets banged up, and then he trots himself back out there only to get hurt again, and he's just in and out, in and out, no consistency. Where does the consistency come? Mr. Frank Gore, Mr. Consistent himself, he goes against the Bills this week, yielding the ninth most points to the position. Have a lot of touchdowns to the position every week since week seven. Mm-hmm. Steady Gore is in line for another 15-touch day, which he's gotten almost every week this season for the Dolphins, wildly enough. And it's only going to go up if Kenyon Drake continues to get banged up. He might not even play in this game. I, wow. I tend to think that he's going to give it a go. But like I said, as the season gets more and more out of hand for them, and Drake gets more and more hurt because it's a pain management type of injury, they might just say, you know what, let's just give it to old man Gore and let him finish out this career strong. I I really like him for DFS because I feel like he's got to be so cheap. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Absolutely. Um, I think I just think, you know, like you can go to the Frank Gore well whenever you want this year, it seems like, and he's going to give you something to pay it off. I mean, there's there's not The problem is he hasn't scored a touchdown. Yeah, that's the only problem. So – if there's anyone more due, it's old man Gore. And this is a great matchup for him. Right, right, yeah. He has at least one receiving, maybe yeah. two. But I think this is a good week for him to score. Whenever you see the matchup as green, you know, for him, you know he's going to make the most yeah. of his 15 touches. Right. So, you know, if you're desperate. It might as well be gold if it's green. It's a, I think he's a fine play in, like, a 12-man league. For sure. That's actually when Frank Gore was born during the gold rush. <laughs> People forget that. Uh, He's made of gold. I'm going with Nick Chubb just as a reminder that Nick Chubb is matchup proof until further notice. You may see that the Texans have been pretty good against the run this year. They haven't come up against a young buck quite like Nick Chubb. Remember when Nick Chubb was not a complete back and couldn't catch? Remember when Nick (laughs) Chubb was the third running back listed on the Browns depth chart? Maybe fourth, too. Oh, my God. A lot changes in a year. He just made that Hyde contract that the Browns gave him look so stupid. I mean... That, that I mean, contract, I'm happy for Hyde. Go get paid. I mean, that contract wasn't anywhere near as strong as, like, yeah. uh, it was like they could have got out of it this year. That's why they traded him. Like, yeah. the Jags are probably going to cut Hyde at the end of the year. Yeah. Which is good because I think Hyde, Hyde on a team that actually wants him as their running back, I think could be a really scary thing. Yeah. He could be a nice consolation prize for whoever doesn't get Levy on. Yeah, I think a contender could definitely. Hyde was doing great, and I'm pissed, actually. Still. <laughs> Dude, I'm I think we'll always be pissed about I'm that. I'm pissed about that, too. He was yeah. doing just fine for yeah. the Browns. Uh, but we'll move on now to wide receiver. I'm going with uh, Cortland Sutton, kind of tutty buddy stacking uh, Case Keenum and, and Cortland Sutton. Like I said, I got a weird feeling. I'm daily only because I know you can't go off of feelings like this if you're trying to get in the playoffs. But I got a weird feeling that Cortland Sutton's going to have a huge week this week. And the matchup is I'm definitely there. To, I'm willing to plump pick him and Case Keenum because of it. I'm willing to put my money on the line for it in daily fantasy lineups. Um, but if you're if you're not, we're gonna nice ride with me on this stack one. right there. Absolutely, could it, um, it definitely could it definitely could hit. Yeah, like I'm building my lineup around this this week. I'll tell you who I'm gonna build my lineup around. It's another rookie at wide receiver, DJ Moore. I mean, I think I think this is so obvious. But one of the things I was checking out while I was on Yahoo today was, yeah, he's probably high owned. But what percent started is DJ Moore this week? Forty seven percent. Oh my goodness. 
There is no That's pretty good way. though, actually. That, but there but Tom, there's no way that fifty three percent of people have two or three receivers better than DJ Moore this week. I think they're I think they're just scared because he's a rookie and, and they like there they'd is rather nothing, have a guy who's done it for like two or three years. Nothing to be afraid of. He's I coming know. off an eight for ninety one game. The week before yeah. that he goes seven for one fifty plus and a <laughs> touchdown. Now he gets the matchup versus our favorite defense to pick on. The Bucks have allowed a receiver to cross the painted line in every single game this season, Ooh. and this week will be no different. No. DJ Moore shows last week that not only is he this freakish athlete who can hit big plays, he's a good possession receiver too who can get first downs and you know kind of work that Funches role while also being this freakish playmaker on top of that Funches role. Oh, yeah. With Funches hurt, I think this is his time. I really think that he has a chance to finish – within the top 10 of wide receivers this week. If you have him in your lineup, I would be pumped to start him. I will be, you know, creating my DFS lineups around him. I am all in on DJ Moore this week. And I think we're all in on him going forward for this year. Tom, you were talking about him earlier as a potential keeper candidate in one of your leagues. I think that's a great call, too. The sky is really the limit, and that's what he's approaching right now with the run that DJ yeah. Moore has been on this week, this year. Especially with that keeper consideration, Derek Funches is in a Devin Funches. I almost said Derek, and then I just said, "Fuck it, I don't remember his name." (laughs) You're so ready to move on from him. Devin Funches. He, yeah, Funches. He is in a contract year, and you know he's not doing that sort of you know play really well in a contract year thing that you're supposed to do. So. I wonder if the Panthers will even bring him back. I think DJ Moore as a keeper is just. It could be, you know, I think when I think of him, I get shades of Steve Smith every time. Devin Funches is in a contract year. Can somebody tell him? <laughs> <laughs> we're not even bringing up Jordan Howard in this episode. No. <laughs> no, we're not. No. You brought I'm, him up. I'm, I, I might have to start him. That's where I might start oh, Wilkins no. instead. Well, I, I, I wouldn't Gore. blame him. I don't think Gore's available. Of course oh, not. man. Uh, Tom, who's available as your plum pick wide receiver? Uh, this is going to be Josh Reynolds, and he may be still readily available coming off that bye. I don't think he's super-duper owned, but this is a good matchup. You it's think about um, Darius Slay, and he's going to have his hands full with Bob Woods and with, uh, Bren- and with Brandon Cooks. Josh Reynolds, this is the kind of matchup that I dreamt about for Cooper Cup, right? That banner coverage and the slot receiver gets to escape it. Well, the good thing is, is that Jared Goff really did not shy away from Josh Reynolds. Like, at all. He was first quarter touchdown. You know, first First quarter. First drive. Plenty of targets. Yeah, first drive. So Josh Reynolds is still in the forefront of the offense. I don't even think they're changing the play calling scheme. I think they're one of those teams where they're like, you are Cooper Cup now. This is, yeah. you know, this is you. <laughs> so I think he's really just Cooper Cup light and Cooper Cup heavy was a wide receiver too. So yeah. I'll take Cooper Cup light any single time I can get it, especially in one of those matchups that I've been dreaming about since I wrote Hills I'm Willing to Die on. So I'm perfectly good with Josh Reynolds in all formats and all any any way you can get him, I'd put him in your lineup this week. He's a Ruts boy, without question, oh, Josh yeah. Reynolds. I feel like he's one of the most brought-up wide receivers on this podcast. Well, he's Cooper Cup light, well, so that's a good start. Cooper Cup, he got original He Ruts got boy. his love yes. last year, though, too. He did. Yeah, definitely. He did. And he's going to continue to earn respect not only from us but from other people yep. just because his opportunity is so good. Like you said, Tom, he's going to get – this weak coverage and, yeah. and you know if he can just run his routes Goff has been so money this year just get in the right spot and get your hands ready Reynolds he'll yeah. find you all right uh Scott another one that we kind of alluded to when we were covering we basically covered the Colts game um the Colts Jags game in the shutdowns but yeah who are your plum pick tight ends yeah two, so two plums for one yeah this down is at the farmer's market this is a farmer's market special I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy you caught that one on the dock um, I'm palm picking the combination of Mo Alley Cox or Eric Swoop. Um, the reason I say both is because both are questionable and both sat out last week. Hmm. But with Jack Doyle going to IR, Captain Andrew Luck will simply use the next man up at tight end. He has thrown a <laughs> truly mother. absurd 18 touchdowns to the tight end position and this only year. only 11 of them to Eric Ebron. And he put a hat trick on the Jags to the tight end when he played them last time, who... The aforementioned Ebron had two himself, and Mo Ali Cox got one. 
I think one of these guys is going to be active. One of them has to be active. So one of them will be forced onto the field, I believe. Yeah. And whichever <laughs> one it is, you'll have to pay attention to the injury reports at RutzFF, you know, for all your fantasy news, as always. But once one of them makes it on the field, I think they're immediately a great bargain in DFS because of Andrew Luck's, you know, propensity to use the tight end, because of the Jags being so good against wide receivers that they're going to basically cancel out T.Y. and they're going to cancel out, you know, Inman and these other receivers that they've been using, and it's going to be a tight end day. Let's not forget, Swope has had a streak of three straight games with a touchdown this year. Whoa. And Mo Cox has two touchdowns himself, one against the Jags. So whichever one of these guys plays is going to have a chance to get a touchdown, and that's all we can ask for, right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Great DFS. Play. I agree. Absolutely. Big time. No doubt in my mind I would I would give this a shot in my Sutton case I'll, race. I'll be, playing, I'll be paying close attention to uh, to their statuses, so I'll try yeah. to uh, keep the, uh, the Twitter feed hot with those. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tom, we'll go to you because it's a, it's a newcomer to the show. It's a newcomer, but it's a familiar team. Um, this is Jake Butt 3.0 at this point. <laughs> then that's uh, that's Matt Lacoste. And, you know, we lose Hireman last week. You know, God rest his soul. He's going to IR. Yes, but we'll see you next he's year. He's going to you see the, the Hireman. <laughs> that's God. They, they, they give you the preview, the full-on preview of Matt Lacoste. And for a tight end stat line, please don't laugh because this is pretty good. Four targets, three receptions, 34 yards, and a receiving Eat touchdown. Eat big, man. The, Eat big, fella. <laughs> Lacoste, the guy doesn't even the play the, the guy doesn't even play the full game, you know, but – he gives you something, and that's pretty That's pretty special. He now going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, who have just been bad, bad, bad. They're turning into one of our favorite targets. And Scott had even mentioned in the last episode how bad they are against the tight end. Look, even going forward, I don't want to say that Matt Lacoste is going to win you a fantasy championship, but I definitely won't go on the record saying that he can't. Because Ooh. he doesn't have a matchup outside of the top 12, right. except in week 14 against San Francisco, who is not world-beating anybody scary. right now. No. If this guy can get it going as the Broncos prepare to make this you know, dark horse playoff push, no pun intended, nice. Matt Lacoste could be a pretty big cog in the wheel. I like him this week. I mean, if you're if you're really stricken at tight end, you could roster this guy, and I think you could do worse. But for fantasy uh, daily games, yep, I, I got to check his price. I'll give you a price check right now because yeah. I'm just getting excited thinking about it. It has to be nothing. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels so like cheap. he feels like one of the guys that is like, okay, Matt Lacoste this week, and then like how Jack Doyle came on, and then they don't raise his price, and then next week we're like, all right, Matt Lacoste. <laughs> okay, Matt Lacoste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every week for the season. Yeah. We yeah. found a way to beat the casino. Tom, let us know if he actually <laughs> even has a picture on the app. I guarantee you he does. There's no way he does. No <laughs> way. Um, he does. He looks devilishly handsome. Wow. And he's affordable at the the cheap, cheap price of $2,500. Wow. Cheap. That's awesome. Mo Alley Cox, $2,500. Mm. Swope, $2,500. So wow. we're giving you that cheap, cheap stuff. That cheap, 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 cheap. 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 <laughs> and Colt McCoy and Frank Gore. Yeah. Load them all Case out. Case Keenum. <laughs> uh, we got one more name to throw out there. And Jeff Driscoll makes his first career NFL start. And to do and to beat the Denver Broncos, he's going to have to get a little nasty. And that's a good thing. Because Uzama's so nasty, he got kicked out of Red Lobster because <laughs> he brought his own crabs. <laughs> Uzama joke of the week. Uzama's my plum pick. Let's ride. 13 targets last week. Yep. Did he average three yards per catch? Yes. <laughs> but he's Does a tight end. A little. He's a tight end, and he got 13 targets in a week. I'll start him. You won't. I'll go I to mean, war with Uzama. Uzama's going to have everybody laughing in the bunker. <laughs> Making fun of himself. <laughs> How are we the only people who have figured this out, by the way? It's instant content for me and me alone. <laughs> That was a quality Uzama joke of the week. Thank I know you. I was a stickler yes. a little while ago, but that was uh, you really that's the format that I appreciate. That yeah, Tom, you, I agree with Tom. It has to be like a your mama no, yeah, playoff. Yeah. Tom, yeah. Tom pushes me to be better. It's just a joke about him. Yeah. <laughs> Don just made fun of him for the last two weeks. I was just roasting him. <laughs> the Comedy Central roast of Uzama. 
Uh, let's get to the slate now. Thursday night. I don't know why people are billing this as a clash of two top NFC teams. The Saints are going to roll over the Cowboys. Because the NFC needs that money, baby. I you know, guess. the NFL needs that money, so they got to try and hype it any way they can. It's in Jerry World, but you. did you see what Demarcus Lawrence said about them? He was like, they're not that great. Like, they're deep, or like, you know, we're going to keep them off the field and all this stuff. Like, I mean, they got to He was try. cursing up a storm and like, that's Sean try. Payton is going to bury the Cowboys defense just like he was. He didn't even need an excuse. And now he has one you can chalk the Saints up for 50, 50 points, 50, 50. I like that. I hope you're right. Yeah. I like Kamara obviously a lot this 50? week. It thinks we can't pay up for him uh, in DFS because he's going to be playing on Thursdays. But right. if you're in those Thursday, you know, tournaments, uh, obviously Kamara might've burned you last week if he started him on Thanksgiving, but I would definitely go back to the well on him. I oh, think yeah. he's primed for a monster this yeah. week. Yeah, he'll be the Saints are a fun one for those uh, those small games because they have so many weird guys that can just come out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. They have a lot of fun. So options. you can, Yeah. Yeah, you can get really creative with your lineup and lose your money in a fun way. <laughs> yes. Which is why this is the whole premise of FanDuel. Yeah. There you go. How um, to lose your money in a fun way. I mentioned this earlier, but. Um, are you guys on board that we think that Amari Cooper is going to get Marshawn Lattimore most of the game? I yes, mean, but I am starting him where I gotta. Oh, okay. you have to start him. I yeah, think. I don't think I there's mean, any way around it. After that game and, and what he's done with the Cowboys really seems like there's a re- revitalization uh, brewing yeah. there. I hope so. I yeah. mean, as much as I haven't liked Amari Cooper in the past, you know, I'm all for a comeback. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Dak's average depth of target is not very far, so I think there's a lot of ways to get the ball in his hands without going outside of anyone's comfort zone. Fair enough. That's a good point. Ravens-Falcons, we talked about how much we love Lamar. It's a roulette wheel still at wide receiver. Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh has come out and said that Gus Edwards has basically earned the lead back role regardless of what Alex Collins does. Everybody hop on the Gus bus, baby. The Gus bus. Can I interest you guys in Ty Montgomery at all? No. Uh, He's gaining, you 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 know. You should be a little interested in him. In PPR formats, I think he might sneak into my my DraftKings lineups this week as a cheap option. He's the new – Buck Allen. Buck Allen not getting love over there anymore. And the reason I like that too, Tom, is because the Falcons allow the most have allowed the most receptions in the league to the running back position. So this is actually a really soft target for Ty Mont to go in there and mix it up. Tom, would it surprise you that I'm all the way out on Ty Montgomery because I'm still bitter over the fumbled kickoff? (laughs) Would it surprise you that I've completely forgiven him? No. Not at all. (laughs) Panthers Bucks. Panthers going to Tampa Bay, so the Bucks don't have to bring the points anywhere. They're keeping them right at home. Yeah, they'll keep uh, them at home. This nothing week. <laughs> to be afraid of in this matchup for a lot of different people. Um, I, I'm okay with pretty much everybody in this matchup. Yeah. Could be a scary one for Christian McCaffrey again, too. I mean, after last week, after the last four weeks, he's really put on a clinic. And yeah. half PPR, in, in three of his last four weeks, he's gone over 30 points. Right. Which is just absurd. He's putting it together, you know, a true top five RB season in a stacked RB class where a lot of people didn't expect it. So just awesome. But like you said, I'm loading out anyone in this game. Yeah. I would start Adam Humphreys in this game. I would love to start Cameron Bray if I had him in this game. I would start Jameis Winston, both quarterbacks, obviously. Everyone, Curtis Samuel, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Greg Olson, don't be afraid. Greg he drops his red zone target, but he gets he gets him every week, and I think – there's a shot at it here again. I think he would have had a shot to lead the league in red zone targets if he stayed healthy this year. It yeah. seems like that's on, the only time they target him anymore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they throw it to him when it counts. Yeah. Makes sense. Bears-Giants, um, quick personal note, our dad might be going to this game. <laughs> uh, so I hope he doesn't get to see the murder of Eli Manning. Yeah. Uh, I hope that they're able to keep him upright against Khalil Mack. But he doesn't, have his, he doesn't have fantasy teams like us. He, no. You know, so he can go to the games on Sundays at one o'clock. We don't do that. Yeah. We stay home and watch Red Zone and check our phones. For Hashtag the sweatpants Sunday. Yes. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. No, no, no we can't do that. Um, but I think I would be pretty terrified for, you know, all Giants players. Oh, yeah. even Odell and Saquon. I know that they're both great and they probably should have a, a you know, a, a nice week. But obviously where you drafted them, you kind of need them to go buck wild, especially if you're, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. And it's tough to do that against his Bears team. It's oh, just, yeah. At any position, at any level, you know, it is just tough to score on this team and tough to really move the ball on them. So it'll be interesting to see if these two awesome playmakers can kind of break that trend. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, for the Bears, I'm not really afraid of this Giants defense, although Allen Robinson's kind of been up and down, and he's probably going to get the Jackrabbit this week. I really, uh, I really like uh, – I think if I had to pick, like, a DFS value for this game, I think I'd go with Cohen. Miller. Yeah. Or oh. Anthony Miller. Oh, That's a out good of the one receiving too, core. Yeah, I like Miller a lot in this one. They've been just getting a lot of traction with him, and hopefully Mitch Trubisky is well enough to play. Yes. He did have a limited practice today, although they didn't expect him to at all. So that's really good, and obviously he's had a long time to recover. So I, I do expect Mitch to get out there, and I would definitely be starting him if I had him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and get, just getting back to Cohen real quick, and even Burton too. These linebackers can't cover anybody, so uh, you know it, it's going to be tough for them to stick with these two. I mean, Burton's usage has just been terrible over the past couple of weeks. It's been painful. It's but, been tankable. Yeah, but I think uh, I think I would still be rolling Cohen out there. Yeah. You know, obviously he scores last week with with Daniel and gets eight targets so i think dfs wise too this could be a week where he hits a long one yeah uh bill would you play any of these super deep dives over burton that we brought up dfs wise absolutely i've been giving it some thought season long. Yeah, redraft in the holiest of weeks no i think i'm i think i'm i'm rolling with the guy you're letting them burn you yeah i think so <laughs> i mean I, I feel like i have to i don't know why but it does it doesn't it feel like that that he's what burning is, me? Oh, yeah. No, that you you feel so obligated to play him, even though he really yeah. hasn't given you much of a reason Not to. since the that's Patriots the game. That's the problem. Yeah. And that's the problem with taking a tight end so early, is you just feel this Maybe obligation. Maybe I'll play Matt you, Lacoste. Maybe. Uh, I hope you do. Bills Dolphins. Pass? I'm 6-6, six and six, dude. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bills Dolphins. I like I like the running backs in this game. Okay. I actually think Lashawn McCoy has a sneaky good game in this one, catching some balls and moving around. Just because the Dolphins against the run have been so bad, so so very bad. Uh, I think I would try both defenses. Okay. And uh, I think that's about it. Okay. I bet Josh Allen's pretty cheap in uh, DFS, but Miami gets a lot of picks. Yeah. So and Josh Josh Allen throws them. Yeah. So I don't think I would be too excited for his no. prospects. Um, Colts Jags, we've covered this, right? I mean, Captain yeah. Andrew to the tight end for the win. Yeah, we're 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 done. I think we're done covering this game. Thank goodness. Uh, good luck, Cody Kessler. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who his number one target is going to be. Yeah, that's what I would pay attention to because every single Jags receiver will be out on the waiver wire most yeah. likely, besides maybe someone added Dante Moncrief in your eighteen man league. Yeah, but um. <laughs> You know, pay attention to these targets and where they go. Maybe he just starts peppering Keelan Cole, Danny Westbrook, one of these guys, and you can add them for yeah. the stretch run. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Browns-Texans, I like this game a lot. This is like I think this is going to be like sneakily one of the best games of the week. Um, I could yeah. see the Browns going into Houston and beating the Texans. No, but, not uh, me. Not me. No? I like this Texans team. I like this Browns team, man. I know. They're playing better, especially with, their, with the new coach. but. Don just loves Baker Mayfield. I Don, love him yeah. so much. And I love Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always – and J.J. Watt. So oh, I'm yeah. always going to back the Texans. But they've also won eight games in a row, so that yeah. makes me you know, look a little better backing them as opposed to – You don't get to, to eight wins in a row slipping up against teams like the Browns. That's, that's, so what, I I, that's what I think. And, yeah. and with DT now, this <clears throat> offense seems like it's rolling. And, right. and, you know, you see Deshaun Watson have the most rushing yards he's had in a game all season and score a rushing touchdown. So it, he looks really healthy. Yeah, he you does. Know? So they're dangerous. They're yeah. real dangerous. I kind of yeah. like them as like a dark horse if you're into like some futures betting, maybe betting them to, you know, make a Super yeah, Bowl run or something, or something like, like that. that. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, um, Broncos Bengals, we've covered we've covered this one a lot too. Um, I think definitely every- Emmanuel Sanders week though. We yes. didn't really obviously every week is an Emmanuel Sanders week, but this one has that uh, that super potential. Yeah. yeah, potentially top ten. I want to throw Philip Lindsay out there too. We didn't really talk about him enough. Yeah, I you know as I said before that I will be creating my team with DJ Moore in it. I wanted to plumb pick Philip Lindsay and say the same exact thing that he will be to an anchor on my teams, but. Philip Lindsay is a known commodity at this point. Right. People know to start him. They should know to start him. If you have him, obviously, get ready. Because yeah. I think he's going to finish inside the top ten of our running backs this week. Wow. Yeah. I thought you meant, I thought you were about to say this year. I was like, yeah, let's do this. Oh, uh, he'd have to get – God, I hope so. I think he'd have to get pretty hot, but it's he's not crazily out of it. He could do it. Yeah. He could do it. Uh, Rams, Lions. Rams coming off their bye. They get the Lions, who just lost on uh, Thanksgiving. Um you know, nothing scares me. I love the Josh Reynolds plum pick from Tom. 
I think Todd Gurley might have a, a an explosion kind of game. I think so because too. Because he didn't score against the Chiefs and he probably felt left out. He's going to touchdown hog on all the receivers, yeah. I think. <laughs> for the Lions, we talked about this. If Carrion's out, Legarrette Blunt worth a look for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think Kenny Galladay, you can start him against anybody, and and no one on this show is going to be uh, down your throat about it. Yeah, he didn't do great in Thanksgiving, but you know, look against, look at who he was playing against. Right. We mentioned that he'll be covered by Darius Slay, but he's still the best and almost only option in that receiving core. So I wouldn't be benching him anytime soon. Yeah, no. Not at all. No, yeah, I agree with you. Galladay is awesome. And even in that uh, Thanksgiving game, he still snuck his way to like a 5-for-90 game. Yeah. So he still really threw together, you know. In the second half, basically. Even when it looks so bad for him. So Terrible. You know, I still don't think that those two have hit their stride with him as the, you know, the number one go-to option. But I think there's just not enough, you know, attention going elsewhere to really allow Galladay to pop. Yeah. Marvin Jones coming back next year or maybe at the end of this season. Even just getting carry um, on Johnson back yeah. would be great. You know, just right. somebody. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals-Packers. This is a game that the Packers need to win. Packers defense in this one. Packers D, yeah. At home against Rosen. I like it. They've been great at home. This is a game that David Johnson can go out and win on his own. I've, I, you know... I think I, so. I wish that was true, but I yeah. just... Don't. I think it's actually a game that Aaron Jones can go out and win on his own. Another great point, Tom. Yes. Absolutely. He, you know, the, he's another guy that I was thinking about in, in my daily lineup. I think Aaron Jones and Phillip Lindsay are going to be my two running backs this week. They both have awesome matchups. They've both been playing great, getting great shares. Agree with you fully, Tom. Aaron Jones, one of my favorite plays of the whole week, I think. Yeah. And nobody's Me too. Of- he would have been my plum pick if I didn't want to go into the deep, deep waters. Yeah. I think uh, – you could get away with Christian Kirk in daily. It'd be really risky in redraft, maybe some of your bigger leagues. How about Larry? And I think that – and Larry, uh, yeah, I could see Larry uh, putting together something, maybe even in garbage time. But I'd be more interested uh, in MVS than anyone on the Cardinals, actually, even though Equinemius St. Brown started to dig into his uh, sort of market share. Right. I still think MVS is the uh, the choice option, and he won't be seeing Patrick Peterson. That's for sure. That is true. Uh, we'll move on now. Jets – or sorry, Chiefs Raiders. Uh-oh. Gruden. <clears throat> Good Jeez, luck man. with that one. Mahomes off a loss, off a bye. Yeah, I mean – Good night. <laughs> uh, there's just almost nothing – there's really nothing to be said about this no. game, I don't think. Nope. Um, Could you start Doug Martin? Kansas City worst against the running back position in fantasy. Yes. Right now, I'm not considering starting Doug Martin just because of the the game script that I would see happening. I think it would be more of a Jalen Richard. Uh, but you know, it's hard to predict out there. They've just been like, oh, we want to see this guy, we want to see that guy. You play one half, then you don't. So it's tough to trust, man. Gotta love when Tom asks a question and then immediately talks himself out of uh, out of saying yes. <laughs> Love it. So, <laughs> no, Tom, I agree with you. Um, uh, I, I mean, I could see someone playing him. You know, just like I said, it's kind of like a Frank Gore situation. He gets the touches, and he's been doing okay, and the matchup is there. Uh, I think the Chiefs' defense is, a, is another good starter this week if you're looking for a defense to stream as yeah. well. Uh, Oakland's very, very bad. They're very, terrible. Very, very, very bad, very bad. Jared Cook, probably the only guy you can start yeah. in Oakland, and besides maybe maybe Doug Martin. Yeah. And, uh you know, I would I wouldn't be too scared of Jared Cook either. I mean, the dude is catching everything. He's scooping balls off the ground with one hand if he has to. He's just yeah. doing what he can for you. Yeah. A lot of respect for Jared Cook this year. Yes. He's been big for us. Yes. Jets Titans. Pass. Uh this one's going to be ugly. I yeah. think cuz the Titans have not looked good since beating the Patriots by 24. And yeah. the Jets are the Jets. So, uh any word on on uh, Darnold? Um, Potentially he starts this game. Still up in the air. Okay. But uh, I think as the Jets, you know, see fate <laughs> slowly looming in on them about how terrible they actually are, yeah. it might not be worth it to just go out there and have him try and push through an injury that right. maybe just be like a pain management type of thing. So why take the risk? Sit him out, you know, and just, just let McCown take the punishment instead yep. of him. Yeah. I, like I totally Davis agree. Too. I like Corey Davis and I like uh, Curse if McCown plays. I think you could get really sneaky in a big contest with Robbie Anderson coming back. Last week was kind of like a feel it out, and this week he should be fully healthy. I like that, especially if McCown's in as well. 
Yeah, because he's more likely to chuck a deep to Robbie and say, who cares? I mean, they both they had a glorious run yeah, last did. year for they a little sure while. <laughs> they sure did. Uh, Niners at Seattle. This is uh, this is the type of game that Seattle should win if they want to solidify themselves in the playoffs. They'll win this game. Um, I think Chris Carson's a great play. I think Matt Breida's a fine play as well this week. Uh, regardless of who starts at quarterback for the 49ers, he's just been he's just been killing it. Matt Breida, 272 yards and two touchdowns over his last two weeks. I mean, how do you bench that? Music to my ears. I wouldn't. Playing I against, can't. Playing against the Seahawks team that uh, we were talking earlier before show, they average like over 140 scrimmage yards per game allowed to the running back position. Not and they've bad. allowed 12 touchdowns <laughs> to the position in 11 games played. So if Breida's going to see, you know, a big opportunity like he did last week, Alfred Morris was inactive last week, will likely be again this week. Yep. Then I think Breida has, you know, a great path to 100 yards and a touchdown once again. Yeah, for sure. Um, Doug Baldwin did not practice. Yes, we got to monitor that uh, throughout the week. Doug, man. Tanking. Killing us. Killing us. All year. Broke my heart. Yeah. Uh, Vikings-Patriots. Surprise this wasn't actually – it's a really good uh, Sunday night game, but – uh, Vikings-Patriots, the last 4 o'clock game. We're back to four 4 o'clock games because everybody's off their bye, so thank goodness for that. Yeah. Um, Vikings-Patriots, this should be a fun one. I, I could see this being one of those like lower-scoring Patriot games where it's like 27-21. Yeah. And it's like they win and they keep like, Kirk right, and check. could have been a lot more exciting. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about these teams is that like their, their guys are like so solid in their roles that – you really don't have to worry about them. Obviously, I shut down Dalvin Cook and Brady this week, but you know, you I think you could even get away with like playing Josh Gordon still. You know, his yeah. role is still very strong and intact. Same with Julian Edelman and Gronk and James White, and Michelle. You know, that's, that whole side, and then Thielen and Diggs. Obviously, you start every week with a smile on your face. And we obviously hate Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> uh, Sunday night game is Chargers Steelers. The Pats are weirdly uh, pretty bad against the tight end, though. So I no. mean, I was gonna say they're go they're top ten tight end target. Yeah, so I mean, if he's actually seeing an uptick in targets, it's it interests me. But he's burned me too much yeah. this year. <laughs> uh, Chargers Steelers, though Sunday night, this is gonna be a great one. Hopefully, hopefully Ben stops talking trash to his own team. Ben versus Phil. Yeah, awesome stuff here. Definitely <laughs> going to be some trash talk going on between these two. You know Phil loves to run it. Boy, am I excited to see what Austin Eckler does Ooh. with Melvin Gordon, who is definitely going to be out this week, and he's going to be considered week-to-week -week moving forward. I mean, Eckler has looked so strong this year in the limited work that he's gotten. I don't think that he's just going to be this Melvin Gordon where he gets 20 carries and six targets, but I don't think he needs that. You know, No. I think 10 – you know, to 15 carries and, you know, three or four targets, maybe even a little more than that if the game script dictates is what you're going to expect from Eckler. And if he gets that, he's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a more explosive player than Melvin Gordon is. So the way that they're going to use him is going to be a little bit more a – li a little different. And that, and that should be exciting for people because, you know, it unlocks a different – excuse me, a different part of – right. The Chargers offense. One of the things I'm interested in, too, is how they move the ball in the short to intermediate range. Yeah. And I think Keenan Allen might become a big part of that. I mean, he's been so good over the past couple of weeks that I think he could be the guy that helps them move the ball on early downs. And that's, you know, throwing the ball to him short and letting him snake around yeah. a little bit and gain first downs for you and stuff like that is something I can envision happening in the absence of Melvin Gordon. I know you know this, but I tried to tell everybody the Keenan Allen heater was coming. I tried to I tried to get everybody on board. Well, it still hasn't been, you know, he teased us last year with that absolutely. I mean, that was more than a heater. Uh, it was it was record breaking. That was so, a, you know, a nuclear is bomb. he is he on a heater right now? Yes, but it <laughs> it doesn't compare to, you know, no. peak Keenan Four Allen games heater. Of 10 catches for 150 and at least one touch. I mean, it was nuts. amazing. It was nuts. It was the best. So fun. Yeah. It was the heater of all heaters. So yeah. now when he goes 7 for 70 in a touchdown, I'm like, I mean, you've I've seen you double that. Yeah, but, well, yeah. I mean, you're right. Washington going to Philadelphia. And it's, it's asking a lot of yeah. them, but, you know. Washington going to Philadelphia in a game that both teams suddenly really need, uh, which could make this a very entertaining game. Um, I like Josh Adams in this game. Zeke just ran all over Washington. Um, not saying Josh Adams is there talent-wise, but I am saying that the Eagles kind of realize that they need to rely on him to keep that defense fresh because, as Scott, as you mentioned, or as Tom mentioned, um, that defense for the Eagles is in rough, rough shape. Tom, you mentioned it when you plumb pick Colt McCoy. That's correct. Um, Josh Doxson seems to be his target of choice. Are we going to trust him in any format, DFS or redraft this week? 
Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, he saw 10 targets last week, uh, and he faces an Eagles defense that, like Tom said, has um, more hurt D-backs than Tom has fingers on one hand. So, I mean, he could be, you know, he's going against third teamers, that means. So, why not trust him? Uh, DFS, I bet he's really, really cheap, too, even coming off a pretty decent game. Yeah. Can I interest you in Trey Quinn in DFS? Just tell me who he is first. (laughs) Wide receiver, slot Um, guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that they do little interesting stuff with. You know, four targets in week 11 with a rushing attempt. Last week versus Dallas, six targets, five catches, and a tud. I'm interested. Now I'm interested. I'm interested. Once you start throwing that tud word around, I get real interested. Yeah. Our ears perk <laughs> up. All of a sudden, we're not I looking actually at our phones. That, uh, you guys scared of Alshon Jeffrey in this one at all? I think since Cooper really made Norman his, you know, his buddy. I don't even know. Yeah. His buddy. They, they must have. I don't even know what to say about Josh Norman <laughs> at this point. It, but I don't think Alshon's always kind of been like a banner coverage breaker anyway. Right. So, so I would be happy to start Alshon Jeffrey this week. Would not be scared if you're in a dilemma that involves him. I agree. Agreed with you. Yeah, you I sold was, me on him. I was, I was actually thinking first. about plum picking uh, Alshon myself, Ooh. but I didn't go with him. But uh I like him too, Tom. I think that's a good one, especially because he's been pretty bad. Oh yeah, he hasn't gone over (laughs) fifty yards in like three or four weeks. So I think it's due. I think it's time. I think it's time. He's due. Absolutely. All right, that's gonna do it for the week thirteen preview. Best of luck to everybody on that playoff. Get the offs, baby. Hopefully, we'll get you there. You just need a ticket to the dance, and you can win the dance off. Just ask Channing Tatum, in literally any movie (laughs) Channing Tatum's ever been in. (laughs) You know. It's it's that simple. I don't know those things, oh, okay. that, well, but that's why we have you. Yeah, that's you need me for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nobody needed that reference. Um, but anyway, you can find us on Twitter at RutzFF. A lot of injury news to keep you updated on. Uh, a lot of it affects our plum picks and shutdowns, so you'll be hearing about that throughout the week. Scott's at WagsFF. You can find him retweeting Captain Andrew Luck if you missed it from last week. Always. Tom is at HillierFF. Best follow on Twitter. I am at WhySoSerious. The show is on Instagram, straight flexing. Woo! Woo! At RutzFF as well. I can't wait till you guys are back in person and doing the woo together. Yeah, That's but sometimes when we, when, one time we wooed like way too hard and it was like overflow on your ears. It was like almost painful. We were, we were too hyped. I can take that. So I been, think we've got a good woo volume now, though. I, I know where to woo at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been, I've been very conscious of my woos. Yeah, good. Let us know what you think of the woo volume uh, for this episode. And let me know what you think about the new 1975 album. The haters said I couldn't bring up the 1975 (laughs) twice in one episode. We'll see everybody on Tuesday next week for the week 13 recap. Get you some waiver wire heroes for the fantasy offs, which start next week. Let's go. Let's ride. Keep scoring. (laughs) 